Your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in... Over here! ...with a friend and found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Introducing the new loaded Scratchers from DC Lottery. These Scratchers are loaded with cash prizes of 50, 100, 500, 1500, and $5,000 and chances to win up to $250,000. These games are absolutely stuffed, jammed, overflowing. You might even say, loaded? Play the games that are packed with $7.5 million in cash prizes. Get your loaded scratchers today. Hello, listeners. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from a sunny, cloudy, sunny, cloudy Key Largo day, Florida Keys day. Well, I want to start out by mentioning a friend who lives in Pennsylvania. I don't want to say their name because I don't know if it's by, I did put it in a, um, one of our hashtags, but they are going to successfully deal with a health health issue. I don't want to call it a crisis and stuff like that because they will succeed. They're very strong, very upbeat, and uh, fit enough to handle the, the challenges that are coming ahead. And I realize that it's a challenge. It's interesting sometimes when we get wrapped up in our own little things, uh, especially down here in the Keys with... Um, day-to-day things, tourists, your interactions in, in restaurants and things like that. But there's also things where this this person came down with uh, their uh, a woman who uh, came down with a friend, Jen, and, and her husband, and, and they stay here for a couple months. And they, they, we see them a lot. We see them out. They're just wonderful folks and very upbeat. And when you don't see them, when you were expecting them, because I was expecting them to return December 30th, I think it was, this of 2020, which was only less than two weeks ago. And then it was later and later. And then I got a message that um, her, her husband had a health issue, and now she has a health issue, which I know they will deal with directly but those things it's really easy to get wrapped up and I I know we intellectually know it's really get easy to get wrapped up in our own world with our own issues and when you and and you have a tendency to think that you're going through some tribulation when you realize there's other people that are going through much more serious things. And it's our duty when we're able to the, to lend that support to the people around us that need it. And there's some people we're better at giving support to than others because of uh, the closeness you feel to them. But here it is. I, I, I hope, I wish I wish them well. I hope to see them in the 
Well, I was hoping to see him this year. I hope to see him in this year too. Dude, they could be back, back this year, at the end of the year. But they won't be coming down this year, and they'll be missed, and we'll be thinking of them. And I, I'm, and I will be. Uh, I did tell them we exchanged numbers, and I did tell the person. I said, now, now you did it. You're you're going to have to start researching restraining orders and things like that, and you're going to start freaking out, thinking that every delivery person or service person coming around who happens to be over six foot and has glasses and a mustache or beard and a hat is is me. But I wish them well. Just because you're not here doesn't mean we're not thinking of you. And I'll make sure that everyone is pulling for you in their own way. So you'll, you will be missed this year. And I'm going to make a special cocktail in their name. And when they come down, I told them I will. The first 20 are on me. And I put it. This is for the record now, isn't it? Because I said it. It's for the record. So we'll be expecting you to redeem that either this year or the beginning of the next. Well, there's no there's no expiration date on that. On another note, let's talk about people you haven't seen in a long time. It seems like I had this discussion with someone else at the bar. And there's people that come in and I look at them and I said, have I seen you last week or has it been a year? And there was a Canadian couple two weeks ago that came in. And I think people have an expectation when you see them and you haven't seen them in a year. And they'll, they expect to see a big hello. Hey, how you been doing? But I don't know what it is. I remember people. I remember the names. I remember clearly. There's a gentleman that came in after four years. And I remembered as soon as he walked in the door that Joe, that's Joe. Hey, Joe, how's that? how long has it been? And I remember I was able to put an event there. It was right before Irma. So it was approximately four and a half years ago. But when he walked through the door, I knew exactly, you know, I said, Joe, you know. And, but other people, since COVID, I don't know if I haven't seen people before or after. There's some people I'm certain I haven't seen since COVID. A lot of people that live outside the country, they had a difficulty getting in here. Uh, that Canadians, some of British friends. I think it's Brit- British and Canadians mainly, because they're the ones that are more. Av- I mean, it, we don't have a lot of people coming from Italy or Germany that are seasonal. I mean, they may be down here, but there's just not the numbers. So compound that with, let's say relatives relatives we haven't seen there's some relatives and I don't know the dynamics of it but it's years ago when our ancestors left unless they're Native American right and they grew up there's some people that they stay close their relatives for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years but here in the United States when I'll just tell you a little backstory. When my family, my Irish ancestors came over here, usually when they came over here, that was the last time you saw them. That was the last time you saw them. That was it. You might send some letters. If you're fortunate, there could be a phone call. 
back in the 20s or 30s. Yeah, they could have done a phone call. And uh, nowadays, with how mobile society is, you have people that grow up. Some people stay in the same town, but a lot of our families, they move. They spread out. We're a mobile society. So I'll tell you what happened. I got contacted by third cousins. Third cousins. And they're third cousins I was in, we were in contact with, too. Uh, Michelle uh, and Fran Molyneux. And my father, who, this is on my father's side, my father, who was an only child, when he was young, he was very close to his cousins who lived right outside the city, 15 miles, 15, 20 miles away. And in many ways, they were kind of replacements for the siblings he didn't have. So he was very close to them. And when I was growing up, we used to visit them a lot. And we only knew that these were, you know, these were my dad's cousins and the, these were children. We were friends with the children. Their children were our cousins, which were technically third cousins. I think that's how it works. So my dad cousin, cousins are my second cousins. The, the children of the second cousins are third cousins, if it works that way. So I can be corrected for that and it won't be my first time I've been wrong. So, Michelle has been following us on Facebook. I think they picked up some of the podcasts, which I do appreciate. And she was down here visiting her sister. And that's when I found out Michelle's sister, Franny. And Michelle's a couple years younger than me. And Franny's a couple year, uh, year or two younger than uh, uh, Michelle. Franny is a teacher down here. In, and she lives in North Miami. And I didn't know that. She lived down here, I think, prior to me. Yeah, if I remember correctly, 1997. She's been down here for quite a long time. I didn't realize that I had cousins. I didn't realize I had another cousin, Barry, who's in Miami. I had no idea. I just assumed I was the farthest south. And I guess Barry was the one furthest south. And then Fran Franny and Barry were. And... It turns out I got this family down here. I got relatives down here. I got a niece up in you know, uh, St. Peter's, Petersburg. I'm sure I have like some other cousins living in Florida too, which was unbeknownst to me. So it was nice when I got contacted. And I was nervous that I wasn't going to remember who they were or forget, you know, and things like that. But I knew they were my... my dad's cousin Jimmy's daughters and they, they had a big family I had seven seven kids in that family I was close closer in age to Jimmy and they had two older daughters and Jimmy still lives up in Pennsylvania so when they called up I said oh, come on down and the funny thing about it as soon as they got out of the car now, the last time I can put a, I think I may have seen them when they were teen years, but I, I think the extended contact we had for was more when we were preteens, like 12, 13, 14. Th that was it. So that's almost, that's 40 years ago, like 81, something like that. Yeah, 1980. So. 
I'm thinking, well, how much does a person change in 40 years? Well, it, it was funny. They looked like the, I mean, they looked logically like the girls 40 years later. They, they looked like my cousins. The same expressions, the same thing I saw. Their, their mom was a real sweetheart. And uh, so was her dad. Real, real kind. And, thought, and I loved going over to their house. They were very friendly and fun and uh, always, you know, we never left a visit without feeling great and full, too, because that's one of the things. My cousins in outside of Philadelphia was Ambler was the name of it, the, the township outside of Philadelphia. And the women in my grandfather's sister's family and it's not no need to get into relations but they were a mixture the Molinos were French Canadian and Irish but the women all seemed to marry into Italian uh, marry Italian guys and they ended up being like great Italian cooks Italian food and they make a lot of lasagna and things like that one of the greatest moments I had greatest achievements I think I was like 14 years old and my dad took me to Thanksgiving at my uh, either uh, Ann Eileen's going to be pissed off I'm going to say Ann Eileen but it could have been Ann Carol but they had uh, it was Thanksgiving I'm, I'm not a I, you know I'm saying turkey's turkey right so they call us to the table and here it is lasagna and all these other Italian foods right there. And I said, really? This is great. I was going to town. And then all of a sudden, well, don't eat too much. You're going to still have to eat. And I said, there's more food. Well, I was on the verge. I mean, some people thought I was going to become a, what would you maybe one of those competition eaters. Because I really went to town. And I really used to enjoy that. But that wasn't the only thing. It was just the camaraderie. Whenever you had these distant relations, you always think of third cousins. But we treated them like you never think about your connection other than that you're, that you're related. So Michelle and Franny sh- uh, show up at my house and we, we hit it off nice. They, they brought one of my, uh, I think it was my uncle's pocket watch. Uh, they, they, the. It was my uncle Tom, uh, the oldest Haran, who was older than my grandfather, and uh, my grandfather's brother and his son. I don't know if it's his watch or my, but they brought me the pocket watch. Thought it'd be nice because I was Haran. I thought that was sweet, and we caught up. And just from the limited amount of time we had, we only had two hours. It was amazing the things that I found out. It was amazing the things I found out. Um, first thing, my dad's one of his best friends growing up was his cousin Barry, Barry Molino. And Barry Molino was in Vietnam and he served in air cavalry. And there's actually, I have it, I have it on YouTube, I gotta look it up. Uh, Shaky something or other, it is Battle for Shaky Hill or something like that. And Barry started out enlisted, and then he got a field promotion. I think it was a field promotion. I don't have the exact story, but he ended up being a captain, I think, 
in it, and he died over there. He died over there when he was trying to seize a uh, arms depot, I think it was. And that's what I found out today. And I also found out that Barry served three tours in Vietnam, and the last tour he served was he re-upped to go back to Vietnam so his younger brother wouldn't have to. And I thought that was the sweetest thing, you know what I mean? He decided to go back, and I didn't know that. And another thing I found, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things I found out, but they had the family tree, and they did a little, you know, 23andMe thing or or, um, genealogy.com. And I was looking at my great-grandparents, and I guess I'd have to take a little look. And it turned out, I'm not exactly sure, but it showed in the timeline that my great-grandfather was still alive. My great-grandfather on my father's side, my uh, his paternal grandfather, her, the oldest Haran, Peter, was still alive when I was born. And I thought he had died years and years before, before my father was born. But it said on the timeline he lived in 1964. And then his, his wife lived until 1977. Which would make her, gosh, I don't know how old she would have been. She would have been in her, in her 90s. Had to be in her 90s. Unless she gave or more. I mean, I'd have to look at that again. I'm not exactly sure they lived in 77. That would make them... But it could have been his second wife. Who knows? I'll, du- I'll double check on that. But it was amazing when you find out, you catch up with them, you find out what they're doing. And I'm not surprised that they're successful. That Franny's a teacher. And um, Michelle has a job with a big payroll company. And they, they, they're happy. They're active. They're, they, they sound like they're having fun. It's nice to see that they're close with their family. It really is nice. And that's the fun of the extended family, I think. The extended family, you just have, it's like a big buffet. A family, uh, a smaller family, you have, it's like a limited menu, right? You go someplace and you say, well, we only have steak, flounder, baked potato, rice, salad and green beans but when you have an extended family you have Italian food traditional thing, Irish food corned beef or Polish food that's your extended family it's, I know I put it into a food it's like a big buffet and what happens at a big buffet you go to the things you like the most and you pay attention to the cousins you get or the relations that you get along with best you have more to choose from, and I'm not saying it's saying you got to be friends with your, you got to be friends with your immediate family, and you know them the most. I understand that that is great, but with an extended family, you get everything. You get everything, and there are people that have a connection to you further down the line. So when you're looking at someone, you're looking at your great grandparents. You never talk about great-grandparents when you're with your brothers and sisters. You're talking about your parents, maybe your grandparents, and some of your cousins. 
But when you t- the more extended a family, you go back further into connections that make you into that. And you, you think about all those things you share and the times you had together and what you remember as a kid and the houses you remember coming to and, and how you remember the significant relative in your life. They remember my grandmother. I remember their grandmother, uh, their father who passed away recently, their mother who passed away a little uh, further back. Uh, gosh, it's, it's just one of those things. After You know, after meeting someone, you, you know, if there's... Sometimes you meet, very rarely it happens to me, sometimes after meeting someone, you're kind of emotionally drained, right? And then other times, when you meet other people, you're like, wow, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go, you know, and this is great. I feel good about it. I feel good about them. And and when you part, you go and say, hey, listen, let's get together. And I wish, you know, I I wish I had time that I'm... You know, the more once you get to know him, you say that next time you say, listen, we'll have a dinner. We'll have this. We'll have that. We know what you like. If there's any dietary requirements, things like that. You don't, you know, right in the beginning when you haven't seen anybody in years, you don't know. They could be on this thing and say, listen, I don't do gluten anymore. Oh, really? Okay. Or I don't eat meat. I don't eat food. I only do health shakes. You never know. And it doesn't really matter, right? If you're having someone over. As a guest, you try to, you know, you either can satisfy or not. Most of the times they try to satisfy, you know, you try to satisfy that their dietary requirements. You know, because I'm, I'm, I'm diverging right now, as I always do, going off the beat path. But I'm saying you, that initial meeting after not seeing them for almost 40 years. And you know what? I could be bad. Maybe I did. Maybe I did see him at my dad's. Maybe it was 30 years. When my father, we had the reception for, I think it was maybe 30 years. Because I think in, or 35 years, I think it's in the early 90s, 32 years, uh, mid, mid-20s. I didn't think we had a reception for my father when he married my stepmother and then we all got together. But it's it's interesting, especially with relatives, you can just go and pick up. And the same thing goes with friends that you've known for a long time, I guess. Because I have friends in Philadelphia I haven't seen for 14 years. And sadly, some of them had passed. But I still remember them to this day. And if I run into them, you know, it's, it's, it's great. It's just one of those things. It's just, if in the end, if... You're not, you'll know that you weren't traumatized as a youth when you run into people you know when you were a kid. And then all you have are good, happy feelings. And say, wow, that was great. That was the best part of my week. And I can say that. I can say that. It was the best part of my week. And I hope to see them again. I'd love to run into all of them. Okay, on to other things. I one uh, I'll start with the first thing. I got a friend request, and I'm considering it's a joke request. I'm thinking it's a joke request because they put a. I mean, first of all, the person picked the name. 
person's name is very, what would you say, atypical um, of a group of people that, and it's stereotypical. But the person's in an orange jumpsuit and the people behind him are in an orange jumpsuit and they're kind of like up to a camera and it's like, it, it looks like they're in a prison. And that's her profile picture. And in the, this is on the Facebook uh, profile. And then all the pictures they have on Facebook are about weight loss. And I'm thinking, well, either this is a real truthful person saying, well, I'm a prisoner, but I'm also selling weight loss, a weight loss program. I said, that would be pretty amazing. But I, I mean, I don't think it's the best marketing technique in the world, they may think and say, this guy is pretty open-minded. They're probably saying, maybe it's a listener. If you're a listener of podcast, maybe I'll follow it and see what you're going to do. Um, but it's really interesting. They contacted my private profile, the friend request me. So they didn't request for, they didn't like the um, the podcast profile. So, I don't know where it's coming from. It, it sounds like it could be a, a, a joke thing. I'm saying, how in the hell is that something? And, like, why would you want to invest and send money to someone who has a weight loss program? He says, listen. I mean, is it the prison weight loss program? So, all you have to do is be a picky eater. You'll never eat any of the food. You're going to lose weight. Great. If you can get put in prison for three months... You can get in great shape. The prison diet. That would be things. All you do is work out. Um, I guess running away from the rape gangs would be like for guys. That would be a very high intensive calorie burn from you. Like fighting off the white, you know, the white separatists or the Aryan Nation guys or the Muslim Brotherhood or MI5 the Latin gang, the Latin kings, you could you could say, well, you can burn, you can burn upwards of 5,000 calories a day. Eat whatever you want, fight all the gangs, and you lose weight and get in good shape. You'll just maybe lose some of your teeth in the thing. I think may, maybe one of those things you don't want to go into, uh, definitely don't want to go into prison obese because that could make you very popular. I'm not going to go in there too deep into that because that's really dark. That's really dark. And I don't want to make it the dark show. I want to be more about comedy. Another one. Oh my gosh. This sounds dark too. But it's not. I haven't spoken about astrology for a while. And I don't. I don't speak about astrology because I don't believe that planets and stars light years away. Well, planets in the solar system maybe have some gravitational influence on us but stars light years away away have no significance in our psychological makeup and who we are as people just because I was born your birth date is more of a function of conception the time of conception than it is about you know influencing you so your birth month. So when you're born, 
if you're born in September 12th or you're born June 3rd or things like that. And people want to attach a significance to it and say, well, listen, I'm a Leo. So that means I'm like this. How predetermined are you giving up free choice, right? It's, that's predestination. In fact, when, you're, when you do astrology, I don't understand how you can be religious and be in astrology. Because I don't ever think. I mean, unless people say, well, Jesus was into the stars and all that stuff. Oh, his star didn't announce that it was here. Well, maybe that was just a signal. You know, just a light. But whatever it was, it's in Christianity, it's not the same thing. In other religions, maybe stars mean a lot. They always tie and they say, well, yeah, they don't know. They said signs in the sky and that's how we find the baby Jesus in Bethlehem. Okay, whatever. But the significance of astrology in determining how you're going to be, it's just another cop-out. It's just like the full moon. More crazy people call them. No, if you're crazy during the full moon, chances are you're crazy when it's a quarter moon or waxing moon or new moon or blue moon or someone flashing you their moon, right? Showing your ass. That's as influential as it get. Well, this one was a list of serial killers and astrological signs. And I think, and let me, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's mainly Pisces and Virgos and other an assortment of, and then people say, hey, look, there's no Taurus, there's no Taurus, there's no Aries on the list and stuff like that. And I thought, well, there's all sorts of reasons for that. There's all sorts of reasons like that. First of all, they're tracking most of the people in the Northern Hemisphere. And maybe people are more fertile and more shut in in winter months, fall and winter months, and people are born more in midsummer and late summer, early fall. Right? And then maybe you're going to just have that. Statistically, there's more people born, so there's more people that fall into that category. That could be the case. Or, if you believe astrology is correct, maybe the people of the other signs aren't that thorough or intelligent. And they get caught, right, real early in their careers as serial killers. And if you get caught early in a career as a serial killer, that makes you a single killer, right? Or two. And that will um, get you caught. So you never achieve the high body count. I know that's dark. I take, I take no happiness in that. But the last thing could be it doesn't have anything to do with it. It doesn't have anything to do with it. It's just statistical spread out. And actually that's the same as part one. I noticed that I'm born very close to the same date as Ed Gein. The Ed Gein in Wisconsin, who they kind of mirrored the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, some of it loosely based on the idea, inspired Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And he was a Virgo. And I said, oh, wow, all these Virgos that are serial killers, that must mean you have a propensity to be a serial killer. And these people are saying, well, there's no Aries, there's no Taurus. 
And I did a little research myself. And you know who was a Taurus? Adolf Hitler. I settle my case. If people start saying, hey, that's great. Look at these months. Look at these months. I'm a great person. Stuff like that. I was born. I'm a Taurus. Taurus is born in April. I guess it's April or March or whatever. Something like that. I don't know. But you're lying. Now, if you, you, you have two things. You could either believe it or not believe it. I choose not to believe it. Even if I sh- shared the same birthday. The people born on the same day and year as Adolf Hitler are not like Adolf Hitler. There were very thoughtful people born on that day. He wasn't one of them. So I like to shut him down with a big example. And I say, you see all those serial killers you have? Well, that guy I picked, put them all. Paltry numbers, paltry numbers. I mean, Stalin, what was Stalin? Stalin was a, um, I don't know. I don't know if he was like Aries or Pisces or something like that. Or an Aquarius. But yeah, you're going to find it. And that's just here in the United States. That's just here in the United States. If you're trying to, you look for correlations in numbers and significance in um, dates, colors, you will find them. You will find a correlation. Is it attributable to it? Is it real? Probably not. Probably not. You have to really. You know, to have have one thing, think another thing. You know where where it works? Numbers work? Computers. If you point the wrong zeros and ones in a computer, that will dictate the behavior of a computer, not of people. Not of people. It's just the way. It's the way they were raised. It's the way their brains are constructed and the way they develop. And it has very little to do whether you have a water bearer in your sign or a crab or a bull or a, if you're in Chinese one, a monkey, a rat, a rabbit. It's just the way people just do. It's just like palm readers. I apologize to you people that spend thousands of dollars on palm readers. Hey, I've done some things. I've done some things. I'm not talking about serial killing, so take, get that out of your head. I'm talking about I've done some things that are kind of voodoo-ish, like colors and feng shui and all that stuff. Feng shui, I attribute to be a little more real because flow could be psychological when you look at a room. It could be psychological and can add to your mental well-being. Um. And I guess if you consider it, it's mental well-being. If you're, if you're certain that your sign contributes to you being a failure, then you will be a failure. Now, if you're willing to give that up and say, well, listen, I don't think my sign has anything to do with that. They say I'm supposed to be introverted because of my sign and stuff like that. I'm not introverted at all. I'm outgoing. Why would you let... Someone else determining who you are, unless you you should be the only one that determines you who you are. And there should be no no crazy explanation for that. And I'll leave it at that. 
I'd like to thank you for listening to this live show. I'd like to, um, I'd like to wish my friend in Pennsylvania, and I will do another dedication. I wish her well and a speedy recovery. I know you're going to uh, recover quickly, and we hope we see you. Um, my relatives, uh, the Molinos, Michelle and Franny, I hope you come and visit again soon. And uh, to all you, come and visit me at the bar. Thank you very much. This is Jim McKee's bartender. Sign off for a little music. Freedom is a feeling, and the best way to truly feel free is behind the wheel of a Jeep SUV. Find out what true freedom feels like at Jeep Freedom Days. And now, financing at $2,500 total cash allowance on the purchase of a 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee WK Laredo 4x4. Don't miss this great offer. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Must take retail delivery by 531-22. Jeep is a registered trademark. And now an update on what some analysts and reporters are calling the Great Resignation and the upside of it all. As many as 44% of workers are leaving their 9-to-5s behind and looking for life hacks to make up the difference in income as they pursue other jobs. And as that number grows, so have downloads of an app called Upside. It's a free app for cash back on gas, groceries, and at restaurants. Can an app like Upside really make a difference? You bet. With Upside, users can earn an average of $96 a year. And it works at all the big gas brands like Shell, BP, Valero, Philips 66, Circle K, etc. And at favorite local grocers and restaurants. Everyone's got to drive and eat, right? If you want to get in on this life hack, we have a promo code for you. Head to the App Store or Google Play and download Upside. Enter code HACK to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use code HACK.